With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. So here we are backstage at the Basement East, also known to locals as The Beast, with co-owner, co-conspirator, co-emperor, Mr. Mike Grimes. Howdy. What's up, man? Good. How are you? Good. What, like, I love this room. Let's just kick it off here. So what did this place used to be? It was a printing company, yeah. uh, and the building was built in 1972. This was the office, this was the manager's office. And so all this lovely wood paneling just kind of worked whenever we walked in the room. We were like, well, this is going to be the green room, and we don't really have to change that much. Just get the desk out, put a few couches in here, a few lights, and we're ready to go. Yeah, it's kind of the brown, black, and red room as well. Yeah. Not um, green. It's not green at all. It's not green at all. Um, you know, not many music venues in East Nashville have have green rooms. Was it important to you to kind of create a space that was unlike what was already available? Well, we knew that we wanted a bigger spot for east for the east side, you know. Yeah. And with a bigger spot goes all these accoutrements to accommodate national acts. Uh, central to that being a green room. Sure. So yeah, and so uh, whenever we mapped out everything, we kind of went, ah, "This is perfect." Yeah. Well, let's talk about those accoutrements. Um, you know, like every every music venue has its own its own sound, its own acoustics, its own vibe. What is this place's vibe? I don't know. I mean, actually, it's, you know, it's run by people who appreciate and love music and uh, are both recovering musicians themselves. Yeah. So basically, yeah, Dave, my, my business partner, he had a band for years and years. And of course, you know, me and the Bear Jr. thing and, uh, you know, me being a career, a career musician before a, before a venue owner. Um, I think that we really paid attention to a lot of the things that uh, needed you know, to appeal to touring and local acts and make it special and full of love you know yeah so to those who don't know bear jr i think i think that's one of the coolest parts about this place is your history not only behind stage but on stage yeah how long were you playing with bobby bear jr uh well i was in that band for almost three years i think uh but before that i was in a band on john prize label with will kimbrough and uh, tommy womack called the biscuits nice and uh so basically the the band thing was in my blood, and that's what, I was, that, that's what I concentrated on before jumping into other things as a, as a budding, somewhat entrepreneur, I suppose. Somewhat. Well, so you know what it's like to be on stage. When you guys were coming up with, uh, with this space, did you need to get on stage, kind of try it out yourself, and make sure everything was right? Well, actually, the, the Shark... Ken Solving, the former co-owner of the Mercy Lounge in the Cannery, did the build-out here. Okay. He was the one who forced me to make it a three-foot stage versus a two-and-a-half-foot stage. I love how high it is, by the way. Yeah. yeah. He, he said, trust me, you need this to be a three-foot stage. And he went and stood on stage and had me go to the back of the room and said, look, you can see me great. And he goes, if it's two-and-a-half, you're not going to be able to see me as well. You're going to be able to see me this much of me or whatever. And in my act, my idea was to keep the room a little more intimate. He said, fuck that. 
you're really going to need this place. This place is going to be jamming, and you're going to need that three-foot stage, and you're going to thank me later. Right. And I have. I've thanked him many, many times. So to keep it jamming, um, can, you, can you talk about the kinds of groups who've come in here? Because it is a really large space, but you're also willing to host smaller, more intimate shows. So what is the range of acts that you've had come through here and play? Well, I mean, when we started off, I mean, I booked the first two years myself, practically. So I was leaning on lots of local stuff. My expertise was not in booking national acts. So I was, we were very fortunate that when um, Cage the Elephant called me and said, hey, we want, can we come play like next month? I'm like, cool. It kind of put us in the, on, on the map with a lot of uh, agents all over the country. They're like, well, if Cage the Elephant are playing there, well, we should check this room out as well. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the first two years were really booking lots of local stuff um, and then basically watching the National Act re national act requests come in and, tr and trickle in until, until we, I, I handed the baton off to our new talent buyer and said, hey, I've done this to the best of my ability. You're better than me. And now he's taken it to a whole other level. All right. And so across the Cumberland River, you have another venue. But, uh, tell me about that and how that vibe is, you know, different from this one. Well, the basement is actually what we, we, we affectionately call it the OG basement. Right. Um, it's a 200 cap room. And so basically with the basement East being a 600 cap room, the 200 is definitely more conducive to doing really intimate stuff. And also, you know, it's the perfect proving ground for up and coming acts that, uh, that really need that. I mean, we booked a lot of like just bands from out of town. We're like, we need a gig, and like I'll pair them up with some local bands, and and we and the uh, the OG basement. We do two shows a night, seven and nine o'clock uh, every night of the week when possible, except for Sunday. Wow! And that has allowed us to give a lot of people opportunities. A lot of lot of love and passion goes into booking both venues. My passion actually is really booking the smaller room. Right. And so you probably book nearly a thousand bands a year in that spot then. Uh, the basement, the OG basement has approximately 125 acts a month. Wow. So, yeah. So you're probably pushing 1,200 12 to 1,500 acts a, a year. Man. And so for those of you who don't know the history um, of Grimes and his involvement in East Nashville, um, you know, the Basement East is not actually the first project you've had in this neighborhood. Nope. Um, basically, almost 20 years ago, uh, a friend and I had done a session at Woodland Studios, and we walked out, and we said, let's go get a beer across the street. And as we did, we sat there, and we were like, this could be an awesome spot for us if we wanted to start a little beer bar, because yeah. there was very little clientele at that time when we went there. We were the only, we were the only people there, and, and uh, so to try to make this a very short story... Um, we went to the owner and said, so how long have you been here, Shirley? The place was called Shirley's. She said, I've been here 17 years and I'm ready to get out. Mm -hmm. And basically, I contacted the landlord and I wrote her a check and she had a moving out party two days later. <laughs> and six weeks later, we opened uh, our spot. It was called the Slow Bar. And it was never meant to be a live music venue. It was just going to be a, a cool little beer bar and uh, with a great jukebox. So that's how we opened in uh, November of 2000. And uh, basically, I had um, 
the opportunity or a request to book a friend's band um, and they did a bunch of cool 60s uh, garage covers and I was like well we can do that it'll be fun so we had one night with live music and a few more people I mean the place was already starting to jam but more people came out that night and it felt really good and Ryan Adams was recording the Heartbreaker record at Woodland Street Studios and some buds of mine were in the band and they were coming over and hanging out every night and so they were there that night and basically uh, Ryan's bass player Billy said hey Ryan wants to come play tomorrow night I, went, I said well let's do it yeah so Ryan played and then basically we we still weren't planning on doing that much live we weren't going to do live music it was just going to be a beer bar because business was great all these Vanderbilt kids were coming over because they thought it was dangerous in East Nashville which it was it was back then yep. yeah and um but basically, the, these requests started coming in from you know national acts, like up-and-coming acts. What's really insane about the slow bar scenario is over, over the course of the two and a half years in my School of Hard Knocks lesson, which is exactly what that was. I mean, basically, that was a very difficult scenario at the end of it. Uh, but I accidentally learned how to book music, and over the, corner, over the course of the first of the two and a half years that we were there, uh, almost three years, we had the Black Keys, My Morning Jacket, Kings of Leon's first two shows. Wow. Um, ever? Postal or just Service. Ever. Postal wow. Service, wow. Alex Chilton, The Shins. And I'm just like, how did that happen? It, it was just this weird moment in time. Because <laughs> none of those bands were well known at all. Almost every single one of them played for a door deal. Wow. I think the combined guarantee that I had to put out for all those bands was $1,100. Yeah. And actually, I didn't even want to pay Black Keys 100 bucks because <laughs> I hadn't heard their record yet. I got a request to book this band called the Black Keys, and they just need $100. And I was like, man, the, lo the local scene's thriving here. Why, was it, why would I book this band? And then they basically sent me the CD because you couldn't just access music right. via your com computer then. And the big come up, I stuck it in my, my player, and I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, yeah, I can give them 100 bucks. And they opened for the Alcohol Stunt Band, a local band. Mm -hmm. And there was about 85 or 90 people there, and they blew everybody away. And, of course, the very next day, I said, uh, can I get the Black Keys back? And he's like, well, they're on tour with Beck, and they're doing this and that. And they didn't come back to Nashville for almost two years. When they get more than 100 bucks now, I think, when they play. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I believe so. When they live here now, too. They do. You yeah. help bring them to town. Yeah, it was uh, maybe a small little, I don't know. I'm glad they're here, though. So, um, you know, with this series, we've also shown, shined, shown a light <laughs> on your other, um, your other business venture, Grimey's New and Pre-Loved Music. So, as a record... Now, actually, Grimey's Records. Grimey's Records. Yeah, it was Grimey's New and Pre-Loved Music. And then we kind of rechristened it whenever we moved over here, and now it's called now it's actually called Grimey's Records. Awesome. I'm Just to let it. you know. <laughs> so you are a multi-pronged businessman. You also own Grimey's Records in East Nashville. So as the owner of a record store, can you tell me between High Fidelity, Pretty in Pink, and Empire Records, which is the best movie featuring characters who work in a record store? Uh, I would I would definitely have to say High Fidelity. That's the right answer. Yeah. Totally, without a doubt. Mike, man, we appreciate you having us into your brown, red, and black room. <laughs> and we're going to go check out the rest of the venue, I think. Let's do it. Thank you, man. Absolutely.
92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 